Hello, hello everyone. My name is Chris Harders. This is Men's Modern Dating Secrets, episode number 11. Everyone, today we're being recorded. Today I am on YouTube, and for the first time ever, you get to see my effervescent, expressive, rejuvenating face for the very first time ever. You get to hop on YouTube, chrisharders.com slash YouTube, subscribe there if you want to check me out, and then also see not just this podcast, but see the other content that's going to be put out, content that serves the visual platform far better than the the auditory. So this is going to be breakdowns that are um, that are like whiteboard where I'm breaking down things of what to do, sort of action plans and how to think about it, as well as guest interviews. So I'm going to be talking to other people on podcasts in the future that are going to be guest interviews, me interviewing them about specifics they know where it comes to dating or men or transformation and then also with different tv shows and movies and reality shows in general that i've seen over the years that would be really useful to have an expert come in and take a look at and break down for you why they work why they don't why this person did what they did and what you can take away from it i know when i was learning dating skills one thing I did was I just immersed myself in a lot of the the content that was out there around dating, both the sort of crappy, sort of silly, but also a lot of good stuff. I really got to understand what women were thinking, how to relate to them in a way that really related to what they wanted in a man, as well as also I got to see what not to do. And that's extremely useful. So some of the first episodes I'm going to be doing that are going to be breaking down what to do and not to do when it comes to dating are going to be related to the new season of The Bachelorette that is going to be airing very soon. And in the meantime, you get to look at my beautiful face as I do more episodes as well as just other advice that I put out there, whether it's how to pose for a photo, how to take a good photo, how to think about wardrobe and body language. There's things that YouTube is better suited for. And so these episodes will continue to be available on a podcast and then also you get to look forward to YouTube. So go over to chrishardsdatingcoach.com slash YouTube to subscribe and become a viewer there. I mean, you're probably already on YouTube. So I don't know, be a viewer of my channel. If you enjoy what I've put it out so far, if you enjoy my mission, you're gonna enjoy that as well. So in today's episode, what I want to talk about is the common complaint that I hear a lot of men and women also make. So um, on the dating platforms that I'm on, when I tell women what I do, I often hear this question and then I hear it also from men. So the the advice, interestingly, is the same for both people, for um, whether you're a man or a woman. But I mean, you're a man, generally speaking, if you're listening to this. And I mean, that's where the advice is going. So there's three things that I find useful for a guy with this problem, for there are no women uh, that are my quality or however you want to say it in your area. And number one is, let's take a look. Where the where the heck are you? Are you in a place where legitimately the population is so small that there aren't women? Well, yeah, then dude, like it's time to take inventory. What is most important to you? Is it the location? Because if it's the location that's the most important to you, then you've got to make peace with that, at least accept it. And then it's the question of, okay, well, knowing that, like, how do you approach this? Is it about getting on apps and being long distance and 
hoping that eventually a woman will come to you. And that's fine. You can be on apps. You can be long distance. You can talk to them and say, hey, listen, someday I hope you live here with me. And it's, it's going to be not necessarily the most convenient and more or conducive situation to dating. But I mean, if that's the hand you've been dealt or the hand you've chosen to accept for yourself, okay, got it. Then we know what we're playing with, right? Um, but otherwise, if you aren't location bound, or maybe you have a job where you feel like you're location bound, but you can negotiate not to be, or you can leave that job and find a job that's going to be in a city that has more options for you with where you're at in life, because dating is a priority at the moment right now. Well, then that's something to consider. I know when I was first learning this, I was actually in a place that wasn't bad for dating. I was in San Francisco, California area. And um, I moved to Las Vegas because that's where my dating coaches were. That's where they told me I could talk to lots and lots and lots of women. And they were right. And I got to develop my skill set with just people in general and women specifically. So people in general, because I was a nightclub promoter for a couple of years, I really got to learn pe about how people work regardless of where they were in the world, as well as tune in and learn how to, to um, calibrate to people based on where they're at. And, um, and then I also got to meet so many different women over the course of that time that I was able to develop my skills really quickly. I was able to develop my familiarity and comfort with women very quickly. And then there was a lot of places to be patched up once I left Las Vegas and moved to Austin, Texas a couple years later on. Again, another metropolitan city where I was able to further my development in a new way but again with a very populous area so i was able to make that easy now i live in a very small town and i chose that town because i like it a lot and the the thing about living in a small town is like i chose it for a reason right i chose it because it, it fits me the values the 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 way they think i really enjoy it and that being said it means either i'm going to meet a, a local woman and have to adjust the way I think about dating to to meet that. It, it's I need to accept there's going to be less women to choose from, so I might need to be a little bit more slow towards the dating process than I would be somewhere else. But at the same time, I've I've accepted that for myself. Or I need to accept okay, well she might be further away, so I might be dating someone further away with the expectation that at some point in time our paths um, link up and either she comes to me. Or, you know, I, I enjoy her so much for other reasons that it convinces me, okay, maybe I don't need to be where I'm at right now, right? So for you, it's your, uh, the decision is, okay, why are you where you're at right now? Is it because of family? Is it because of a work thing? And then what can be adjusted there if dating is a priority? Dating doesn't have to be a priority, but if it is, like, well, well then we got to figure this out. We got to figure out, you know, how do you get women into your life? Because that's going to be important for you with where you're at right now. So anyhow, that's number one. Number one is actually just taking inventory. Is this a legitimate issue that I have right now? Is this legitimate? And I would say oftentimes, if you take a look around, if you take a look around at the other people that have relationships where you're at right now, it may not be legitimate. You look around, you're like, you know what? Damn it, Steve, he's in a relationship. Damn it, Steve, you're in a relationship. You have a relationship that I would want in the same town I'm in, in a similar industry to I am. So that's a counterexample, right? It's a counterexample to the complaint. 
there's no good people where I'm at, right? And, and if you have a couple of these counterexamples, you can start to say, all right, instead of saying there's no good people where I'm at, you can start saying, what are they doing that I'm not? Or you can start saying, hey, it's possible. How do I put myself out there? What needs to be adjusted with me? And this moves us into number two, option number two. So let's say it is possible. Let's say you want to be where you're at, but you've also taken a look around. You've taken a look around and you said, okay, there are people here. Now, by the way, number one, if you're not tied down to the city you're in and you're not happy with the way things are going there, there's nothing wrong with moving somewhere else. The thing is, just keep track of things. Keep track of what happens when you move. Because I have now lived in maybe four or five different cities where I've been there for a long enough time to get a sense of the of the landscape of the town. We're talking about more than a weekend where I've gone on some dates and been like, all right, I get it. I get I get what women are like here. I kind of get a general sense of things. You may not get this if you've only been on a couple dates. I've been on somewhere between several hundred and, and a thousand. I, I don't quite know at this point. I haven't kept track by any degree. And um, But I would say I can pretty easily tune into what's the culture going to be like here? What are people like? Am I going to get along with them or... Are these people where every time I'm, I'm, I'm around them, I'm just going to like just tense up and be like, oh, th these aren't my people. You know, yes, I can I can tolerate them. Yes, I can handle them. But these are not the people that I want to be hanging out with, that, that I want to crack a beer with, that I want to share a meal with, share a conversation with. Right. Like, yes, I can be open to them. And who brings out the best of me? What environment brings out the best of me? So. Take inventory. If if this isn't the first move you've done, if uh, if if you've traveled maybe one or two places and aren't be and aren't sensing it yet, well, at some point it might be useful to say, okay, maybe it's not the place. Maybe it's maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not putting myself out there in a way that makes it easy for me to find the the right woman. Right. So. So this is number two. It's about changing the expectations of people around you by you adapting, right? So adapting your style, your the the way you hold yourself and the even the activities you do to do activities where there's just more women present, more women you're interested in present. Maybe it's even just going on a couple more dating platforms, even paying for a premium feature just to enhance your dating experience. Maybe it's hiring a stylist to help you change your wardrobe, to change your hairstyle so that you become more appealing. This isn't changing anything on the internal. It's only changing <laughs> it's only changing how you show up so that you become more attractive to women. I know one of the first things that I did when I moved to Las Vegas from San Francisco back when I was getting started with all this was I changed my wardrobe. My coaches took me to actually one of the first stores was H&M in Fashion Show Mall or no, no, in Miracle Mile Mall in, uh, in Planet, inside Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. And actually, the funny thing was, while I was changing clothes, the, the first girl I ever got the phone number of and uh, actually ended up going on a date with was um, a girl that I met at H&M while I was developing my new sense of style. This is before I even had a cool haircut and, uh, and looked a little bit more fashionable than I do now. Or, or than I than I used to, um, and I remember actually asking her for her opinion on how I looked, and uh, she gave me some feedback, and 
as she was leaving the store, I'm pretty sure I ran up to her and said, hey, you know, you seem pretty cool. Uh, it'd be great to get together sometime. You know, what's your number? And I mean, a lot of this was I had coaches basically telling me what to do. So I, I would have felt really silly had I not followed through on it. But the the idea is I changed parts of myself, my my style, just external stuff, nothing deep. And I got new results, right? So what can you change with where you're showing up? I mean, dude, I moved to Las Vegas. I went started going to nightclubs. Like some of it was silly, right? But also I could have stopped what I was doing. Like there were women along the way, along the journey to developing myself and becoming this ultra good with, with women guy that I could have stopped and she could have become my girlfriend right then. And I just didn't because I was kind of like, so I, I had had scarcity for so long. I wanted the exact opposite for a while, right? And um, and it's okay if you do want that, but you don't need to have that. The idea though is go where you haven't gone if you're not getting the results you want. So I talked to a lot of programmers who are in San Francisco Bay Area and they're doing really well for themselves in many aspects of life. But I mean, dude, they are in a place where of course there's tons of men. There's just so many men who are programmers. You know, I wish there were more women, but that's just not the case at the moment. And so if they just go to other programmers' parties, other programmer events, of course, all they're going to meet is programmers. But if they branch out, if they go to a salsa class, if they go to an improv class, if they go to a, a social kickball league, they're going to be playing in a new league of people. Some of these people will out-social them, right? So some of these people are going to be bros and guys that they're not used to, to handling. But if they observe, first, they're going to learn new lessons. And second, they are going to like, they're actually going to become better than these guys in some ways. Because the, the thing about the outgoing is the introverts, the, the programmers, the people who are more observant, they have, a, they have an edge in the long run because they're going to notice the nuances. They're going to notice when somebody sort of uh, recoils because um, the, the extroverted guy said something that was a little bit offensive. And, and if, if they know how to handle that, if they know how to respond, they can actually be the most socially adept person in the group. And, and from my perspective, it isn't who's the coolest. It isn't who's the most attractive. It's who's the most socially adept that that really succeeds in the long run with dating with social skills with any sort of social life that you want so number two is adapting yourself to the environment you're in so if you've accepted hey you know what i'm okay with where i'm at like i, I gotta accept it uh, whether it's for work for family for some other situation you're where you're at you're where you're at so just accept it right like what else can you do other than just become this dejected person that's like, ah, I can't believe I'm, I'm where I'm at right now. No, no, no. You may as well accept it. If you're going to be there anyhow, choose to be there. Just, just say, I choose to be here. And then at least you're choosing it. At least that's the way you're coming into it. So that's number two. If you're saying there's no great women, well, let's start looking at where you're not looking. Let's start looking at how are you showing up so that there are no good women. So that every time a woman sees you, she like deflects. She she averts your attention, tries to get away with you as away from you as quickly as possible. I've been there, dude. I have been the the guy that has been the the I don't even know the right word that has been like where my own self image, the way I've showed up, has been my kryptonite. Where my own style has been my kryptonite, and I've adapted. 
And for that reason, I've been able to bring new people into my life. And you can too. So can you. So number three, let's say it's neither of these two options. Or let's say you're comfortable with where you're at. Number three, the other interesting complaint, complete other side of the spectrum, is a person has so many options that they begin to get a little jaded, to be fair. And so number three is you're saying, hey, there's no quality people around me. But you have so many options. So I, I've, I've heard this from both men and women. So men, these are very good looking men. And if we take a look at the stats, I know Tinder puts out this report. I think it's a little silly because I think it's misleading because when I help guys, these guys aren't in the top, let's say 4%. Uh, so Tinder says that 4% of the guys, so, so women only swipe right, only like about 4% of the guys and men swipe right on about 65% of the women. So the idea here is that like women have so many matches, but only the top 4% are getting most of the matches for men. And I haven't found that to be completely true, or at least completely indicative that it is only looks that matters. Because I have found and I have helped men that aren't the, the most attractive, but put themselves out in a very polarizing way. So put themselves out in a way that makes it very clear to the women who they are, what they're about, and they have quality photos. So this isn't, if, if you have shit photos, yeah, good luck to you, good luck. But if you have quality photos, you still can bring women in. Now, for the guy that has a lot of quality photos, and and I've, I've helped guys where they've had more than 100 matches, I've, I've still had them complain to me and say, hey, there's no good women out there. And when I hear that, I get a little amused. I sort of just roll my eyes because at that point, now I've got to take a look. I got to, I got to look and see, are these women all, all 100 of them objectively unattractive? And I will say the answer is no. The answer is no. And I'll say, I'll talk to women too, women who are attractive, who have a lot of matches, and then they say a similar thing. So then the question is, what's really going on? So when I talk to these men or I talk to these women, What's going on is their standards are unrealistic. So when I talk to a woman, I'll give you an example. I talked to a woman recently. She has plenty of matches. But when I asked her, well, what's wrong? Why aren't these guys great? She said, well, you know, they're great, but, you know, sometimes they don't have a perfect photo. Every photo isn't perfect. And that tells me they don't want a perfect relationship. And then she said, you know what? I looked at a guy, seemed great, but I looked at one of his photos. And one of his shirts was crinkled in the photo. And that told me he didn't care about his relationship. Because if a guy would put up a crinkled shirt photo in a, in a honest dating profile, that tells me he doesn't care about a relationship. Now, you see what she's doing. Maybe you don't. What she's doing is she's applying meaning to something that is just an objective thing. Guy has crinkled shirt in his profile photo. To be fair, if that's all the guy had as a problem... Uh, he'd be pretty good. He'd be pretty well off. Um, I generally have guys that have a lot more problems than that, and it's fine. We work through them. We, we adjust what needs to be adjusted. But if a girl is noticing that and saying that's the red flag, uh, she's missing what a red flag is. She doesn't. She's unaware of what a real red flag is. Like That is not a red flag by any means. In fact, that's not really a bad sign. Most guys are terrible with photos. Most guys are not good. So if you're a guy who doesn't have a lot of photos right now, by the way, that's actually a really promising thing. This just lets you know, dude, just adjust your photos and you're, you're changing the game for yourself. So I've had professional photos done a few times and every time I've gotten a couple new photos on there, like 
it's really increased my matches. I haven't changed anything about myself. I haven't gotten Botox. I haven't gotten, I don't know, injection, like uh, hair injections or implants, whatever you call them. I've just changed a few photos and suddenly I get more matches. It's really cool. It's really powerful. It's really interesting to see. That's all you need. And, and it's also interesting to me that so many people don't do that when it's so simple, so straightforward in my opinion. So for her, she's saying, okay, well, there's a crinkle shirt. You know, okay, sure, everything else in his profile is good, but it's a cringle shirt. Well, for me, from my perspective, I'm thinking, that's it? That, that's all you see as a problem? And for me, I would not notice that as a problem. I would say, okay, well, that's, you know, at most, that's a yellow light. It's like a proceed, maybe ask a few questions, see if they're on board. But it's certainly not a red light of, hey, you know, this is a, a left swipe, clearly. And for guys, when I ask them, hey, you got 100 matches, what's wrong? You know, it'll be things like, well... You know, she she uses too many emojis, so that tells me she's not going to be right. Or oh, well, you know, she's got bangs. You know, girls with bangs, they're not they're not and and so so they've made all these meanings out of these very microscopic things where that's not what matters. That's not what's going to matter in the long run. What's going to matter in the long run is the compatibility factor. Or that among a couple other things, but the compatibility factor is going to be the biggest thing. And that's how do you guys actually get along when you are interacting how do you get along because the looks regardless of how hot she is right now they're going to fade you're going to get used to her and that's a good thing actually imagine if you were uh if you're a guy if you're really successful with what you do or you're 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 building your your way up to that imagine if you were so distracted by how hot the girl was you were dating all the time yes it seems fun now if you're single it seems fun right now but imagine that Imagine just like walking around in day to day and being like, oh my God, I, I can't even think about this really important project I have because of how hot the girl is that I'm going to see later on. Imagine you like just imagining what she's going to look like when you go home later and she's sprawled out on the couch, you know, her, 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 uh, her head resting on her hand on, on her hand, which is like propped up on her elbow along the couch, her, her lounged out in the nude as you come home through the front door. And she just says, Hey baby, I've been waiting for you all day. You know? So you've got this in your mind all day. Then you finally do get home and you realize, Oh, she's, she's sitting in a, in a, in a oversized, uh, shirt watching, you know, friends reruns. And you think, Oh wow, that's not quite what I expected. Um, but imagine if that was your, if that was what was going through your head all the time, because you were just so fixated on her, so just enraptured with her beauty. Well, that would be a distraction. That'd be a distraction from you for, for what you've got going on with your life for, for really everything. So it's useful that your look, your, your interest in her looks decline to a degree. Right. And, and eventually you, you will be interested in her still. It's just the attraction will lower where you're just kind of like, all right, I'm really happy. You're really attractive. I, you know, I'm attracted to you. And that's about it. Like, it's interesting when I talk to couples who've been together for, for, 30 40 years that's what they say they say you know what like I, it matters that i'm attracted to the person I'm, I'm with but it's not like i'm trying to go goo goo gaga over them trying to drool over the, you know over them every second so that's really useful to be aware of now because then you can start saying okay like you can just set a bar for that are they attractive enough do do they fit that and as long as they fit that you're good now Aside from that, it's it's useful to take a couple values and check in with that. And that's about all you need to go on a date with them, right? And even then, like you can find these out on the date. You can just get a sense of who they are when you're on the date and just be like, all right, I don't enjoy being with them. Or I do enjoy being with them and go on a couple more and then get a sense for that. But 
to to go beyond that is setting yourself up for failure through your own mind's projections of what somebody should be. Now, what would be useful now is to think about other times in your life where you've wanted something. And I would say for most people, other things they've wanted in their life, they haven't had such high criteria for. Yes, I do think a relationship is probably the highest criteria you're ever going to have for anything else in your for anything in your life. But that being said, let's think about Let's think about something that is important. Maybe you have a dog. Maybe you have a car. Maybe you, I mean, certainly where you're living. You had certain criteria that needed to be met. And then everything else, even if some of it was annoying, you're willing to put up with. And I like, um, there's another coach, and her name is Logan Yuri. U-R-Y is her last, uh, is her last name. And... She talks about something called permissible pet peeves, and I find that really interesting. So what she talks about is there's this idea that a lot of people have unrealistic expectations of what their pet peeves are going to be. So they'll, they'll, they'll be, <laughs> I laugh because uh, someone in my life can't stand hearing people chew. Could you imagine if that was the the expectations you had that somebody that you were dating didn't chew in a certain way or didn't chew loud, like that would be a very limiting way to live your life. So you could either say, hey, I need the, the world, the universe, all women to, to bow down or to, to, to fill this need that I have. Or you can say, hey, I get it. I'm imperfect. I, I've got some weird quirks myself. Can, can I handle this? Can the other benefits of being in a relationship make up for the annoyance I'm going to have to put up with when I hear somebody talk or uh, chew, right? So I like to think about, you know, if, you, if you've ever wanted a dog, I know I, I wanted a dog in my life. I've had many dogs in my life. I'm not comparing women to dogs. And like I said, women think this have the same problem towards men and I'm not comparing men to dogs either. I, in fact, were I to compare somebody to a dog, it would be like um, a compliment. I, I hold dogs in the highest regard. But that being said, what I am saying is when you have a dog, you have some concepts of what you want the dog to fulfill for you. So you say, you know, I want companionship. I imagine going on walks for him, with them. I imagine petting them. I imagine coming home at the end of the day and having this dog here, this happy, go, go lucky sort of thing. But that's about it. And we're to beyond that you might start falling into problems right so you'd say like imagine if your your expectations were and i never wanted to shit in the house i never wanted to pee on the carpet yes you don't want that to happen but it might happen it's a dog it doesn't understand it's imperfect just like every human being we're imperfect we do our best but we are imperfect and so you have these expectations that you expect and then there's a lot of room for adjustment. And I don't know that people always are aware how much room for adjustment there really is within their relationships. So I think that's useful to think. What are the one or couple qualities you really need to have in a partner? So for me, I know, or I'm pretty sure what I want in a partner is somebody with, with uh, a very strong spirituality practice, uh, someone that really values that. Certainly somebody who's very open-minded, willing, uh, really ready to dive into change work and healthy communication and stuff like that. And then also 
On the external, one thing that I really care about is hair. I really like hair. We've all got our things. For me, it's hair. And, you know, I, I, I get humored by the idea of, you know, would I ever, would I ever give up what I want for, for something greater, right? So what if I met a woman whose hair wasn't what I wanted, but every other part of our interaction or so many other parts of our interaction was positive? Would I say, hey, you, you're, I'm sorry, I, I, I know we're having such a great time together. I know everything is going well, but your hair, your, your hair, you know, I'm sorry. I don't think I would, and I don't know if you would, but, but it's useful to start entertaining yourself with. What are the permissible pet peeves you have? For me, I do think, and, and it, could be a, it could be incorrect, but I do think, you know, a specific type of hair is what really matters to me with a woman. Now, if I met a woman, I, I would love to be pleasantly surprised. In fact, I would love to be pleasantly uh, proved incorrect with my assumption that I need a woman that fits that. And what if you went through life with that? Rather than saying, hey, there's no woman out there for me that, that suits what I need. What if you went through life saying, huh, I wonder if there's a woman that can prove me wrong. Imagine that. Imagine how powerful that might be and how that could empower you to begin conversations, begin dates with women that weren't necessarily your type, let's say. You're, you're like, I, I kind of laugh at that because I, I hear many men describe what their type is and, and I get it. I get that we've been told, you know, this is the bill of goods that we're supposed to expect. We're supposed to have this, this type with these different, um, these different sort of like bullet points of how they, how they fit our life. But it's so interesting when I talk about the, the when I talk to couples that have been together for a long time, because they, they don't typically fit the type that they expect it to, to fit, so to speak. So that is what I hope has been conveyed in this episode. When we're talking about where are the good men, where are the good women? Yes, there's a possibility. You are in the wrong town. You are in a town that's small, that, that doesn't suit your needs. We're, we, it could also be a town where maybe you are. So I know I've, I've worked with a guy before where he was conservative. He was living in a very liberal town. Well, then you got a choice. Do you live in the town or do you move to, to better waters for what you're looking for? Right. So, so that's a choice. And if he's choosing to be there, he may as well just own it and then go all in and say, you know what? Maybe, maybe that orientation, that political orientation isn't everything. Maybe I'm open to meeting somebody who is a different political affiliation than me because the other values in my life are a lot more important. Or maybe he says, hey, you know what? Like, maybe this is important to me and I am happy living here and I'm willing to, to wait or put in a little bit more time or effort to find the women that suit what I'm looking for. So all of this is about empowering yourself, about empowering yourself rather than feeling limited based on where you're at right now and, and really giving yourself the opportunity to find the woman and, and women that best suit the dating life you want. And if you're looking for it, the relationship that you eventually want to have. So start tuning in. What are the true non-negotiables? Maybe you make a list to begin. Maybe you make a list of, Hey, here's all the things I think I want and then start ranking them and then start saying, all right, now of all of these What's realistically, what realistically actually matters with what I want with a woman? So 
that's what I'd leave you with. It's it's useful to start thinking, to start stretching. And this isn't an exercise you're going to do one time. It's something that might change in the moment, might change on the date, might change as you're going about your day and suddenly just an amazing woman comes into your life, a woman that just captures every every fiber of your attention. And then you're like, oh, all that stuff I thought I wanted. <laughs> Not anymore. So start tuning into that for yourself. And as you're tuning in, you can go to chrishardestatingcoach.com slash YouTube and subscribe so you can start finding out the latest, most amazing videos that are going to get you to where you want with your dating life. And in the meantime, enjoy your life. Because I'm so glad you listened to this episode. And until next time, my name is Chris Harders, and this is Men's Modern Dating Secrets. Okay, real quick. So if you've enjoyed what you've heard from me, if you get a sense of who I am and you want to work with me or at least get some advice from me right now, go to chrishardersdatingcoach.com slash chat. You and I are going to have a 30-minute chat where we're going to go into exactly what's going on for you right now and I'm going to give you some powerful advice to help you get where you want to go. This, And to be very clear, this is not a sales call. This is not me trying to pitch my services. This is me just trying to get to know you. You get to know me and we see what magic I can make happen for you in your dating life on a 30-minute call. So if that's of interest to you, go to chrishardersdatingcoach.com slash chat and you and I are going to talk soon. So until next time, my name is Chris Harders. And I hope you have a pretty damn awesome dating life.